Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 9th of August 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 342. I hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It's 14.56 hours here in London. It's uh, It's been a wet day, intermittently wet here in London. The morning was dreadful if you're someone like me who is affected by gloomy weather. It's August. I know we're in the UK and this is a bit of a throwback summer at the minute. We've had our heat wave. There'll probably be another one, a mini heat wave in late September, early October, just to confirm that uh, climate change is something that uh, we've been too late to address, really. I'm not even sure what we can do with that now. I'm starting to think that my final decades, assuming... I've got a few decades left, assuming that premonition I had at eight years of age that I was going to live until 81. Um, I'm starting to think, I'm starting to fixate now on the whole climate change thing, how those final decades might be uncomfortable weather-wise. You know, I don't fare well in the heat. I don't like the rain because, you know, I associate it with uh, leaking roofs. Also, the the thought of being an elderly person being rescued by someone in a in a small boat at some point, you know, when I finally relocated to the ground floor because I can no longer get up the stairs. I mean, that's going to be it's going to be a humiliating way to to bow out of an underachieving life. I really don't want to uh, experience that. It's um Quite a bit of rain yesterday, bit of rain on Saturday. I'm heading out for a run as soon as I do this. Got a long day, halfway through it now. I'll fill you in on it as I as I go on through the show. Now that I've got my earphones in, I can hear any traffic on the road. Normally I can hear it, but the having the earphones in while I'm recording this show amplifies it. And I'm paranoid that I'm going to hear that uh, manhole cover again rattling. I think at the moment they might have addressed it. Thames Water were back out last week twice. The first time they'd actually got it wrong and didn't even tackle the cover, the manhole cover that they needed to cover. Now, this was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? This was when I had to rearrange an interview with someone based in Australia because uh, it coincided with Thames Water work. Last week I had a call from an engineer. I can't remember if I covered this with you, Thames Water engineer. I'd asked to speak to someone. They hadn't even told me they were arriving at the building. I'd made my way uh, towards the cafe. This was last Tuesday. In fact, what I was trying to do, I knew that the cafe was closed on Tuesday. I'd actually remembered that because I'd had to fill in my diary. That was the only way I was going to avoid turning up again at the cafe only to realize that it had closed down and my idea was to I think I mentioned it also on last week's show I was going to try and see if I could just work from the uh, cafeteria 
upstairs in the uh, Nine Elms Monster, but that was closed, curiously, on Tuesday, late afternoon, early evening. It was open again on Wednesday, but I didn't need it on the Wednesday. I'm just trying to find an alternative for Tuesday because I just cannot stay in. I find it very difficult being in all day. I need something. I need I need to get out. Otherwise, I'm running into problems here. And um, so I was heading... And I've lost my thread. No, I haven't. I've recovered it. I was on my way to Sainsbury's at that uh, at that time. Of course, I didn't know that it was uh, the cafeteria was going to be closed. I had a missed call. Listen to the voicemail. It was a Thames Water guy. He called me back. He was saying, "Look, I'm at the building." Blah blah blah. I said, "Well, no one called me." There we go. Four minutes into the show, these guys. What can you do, South London? Got to get out of here. And it was a missed opportunity anyway. You're telling me that I'm going to get a call in advance so I can be here for the engineer so they can find out why they keep failing to complete the job. I can be here, no skin off my nose, but they call me without letting me know. They call me when they're here, which was pointless. But anyway, they sprayed the relevant manhole cover. He'd spent some time out there. We spoke on the phone and he said he was able to identify it from my description. I'd actually sent Thames Water a photo. Their Twitter support is brilliant. It's the actual physical work, executing the work that's dreadful. And they finally sprayed the correct manhole cover blue, which apparently they call their manhole covers assets. If you see it sprayed blue, that means work is going to be done. He said what other engineers have told me, that this is a problem all over London. You know, heavy traffic, these manhole covers can't cope with that heavy traffic. I'm sure at some point, if not soon, that I'll have to contact them again. I just can't let these things go. And you know that feeling, you might have had it. I've had it plenty of times. I certainly have it with this place. When you just dread going home, you're not comfortable where you live, you're not happy going home. Well, with me, it's related a lot right now to this manhole cover because I know if I hear that noise again, it's going to really make me anxious because of the impact it has just on trying to enjoy, you know, trying to enjoy living here and also the work, the amount of audio that has to be edited out if I'm recording on a weekday, day or night, I will have to edit out tens and tens and tens of audio relating to vehicles going over that manhole cover. Good to be talking anyway, good to be here talking to you guys. I've gone 63 hours this weekend without talking. The Zoom counselling finished at 20 hundred hours on Friday, just before that in fact. That was my last uh, of the six sessions, a top up really. So that was Friday evening and I didn't actually get talking again until 10.30 hours this morning when I visited my aunt and uncle for the first time this weekend. What I tried to do with that last uh, Zoom session, I tried to end the meeting before the counsellor did because he's always clicking end meeting very quickly. You know, he winds it down. Sorry, I just hit the microphone there. He winds it down very quickly and I thought, well, this is the last session. I'm going to try and end this before he does. I don't think I quite got there. I think we might have been tied on that. He's very good at, uh, or he was very good at uh, closing things down. That's the training, I guess. It's like, you know, wind it down. Don't worry about small talk. This is your allotted time. You've got to give yourself 10 minutes to focus before your next client. This is the first time, I think, that I've gone into sessions actually knowing what the issues are and how I get out of this. 
And uh, as he said, really, the problem was, I know what I need to do to get out of this. I just can't do it. The matters are beyond my control. I can't take control of the housing issue. You know, the council's not really helping me there. I've had the health issue and um, I'm kind of stuck, really. I can't afford to take on the kind of work that I was doing last year because it doesn't really pay enough. That's not going to help me get out of this place. I'm not sure I want to rent privately elsewhere. I don't want to subject myself to another private landlord. I'm not sure I'm strong enough to deal with that anymore. So it's uh, it's a difficult one. Today is uh, going to be, well, it was going to be a long day. I'm halfway through it now, thankfully, and it meant recording uh, today's show early. I got up early, as I normally do, really. Uh, to work on, uh, to prep an interview for Thursday. I've got two football interviews this week. One interview, which I'd worked through last weekend uh, to sort out, the guest had uh, completely forgotten that we had that Zoom penciled in. You know, it's fine, it's happened to me, and I'm the host, it's happened to me a few weeks ago, so I I had no problem with that, but I've tried to reschedule it, haven't heard back from them. I'm not really going to chase guests anymore, you know, it's there. I'll ask once and that's about it. I think, uh, well, tonight I've got uh, an interview, Zoom interview, 1900 hours my time, 1400 hours in their uh, American uh, American time zone. I have no idea which one they're in. Actually, I've got another interview with a player from the 60s and 70s lined up for September. And um, the guy who was sorting that out for me told me what time zone the guy was in. I still managed to get it wrong. And uh, they came back with a message. Uh, unless somehow you've gained an extra hour, your end this time is completely wrong. I'm just really bad with numbers. Anyway, I've got tonight's interview. Tricky guy to to nail down for an interview. It's taken 10 months Also. A guy who made it clear he wasn't going to give me too much time. I'm hoping that the 20 minutes he said he'd give me last Christmas, that he's forgotten about that, and maybe I can stretch it to 30 minutes. It's going to be um, a bonus episode for when shorts were short. I think it's the Zoom the Zoom issues that are making it really difficult for me to edit the show and uh, just, just where I am mentally. I found myself uh, the the episode of shorts were short when shorts were short that's meant to open the second series i had to revisit the first 20 minutes maybe more actually need to get back onto that but not until tomorrow and i just thought how is it that i'm having to redo my work right now and this is i think where i am mentally i'm just missing things so i had to redo that editing so it's not the best use of my time and also the zoom episodes i mean zoom I've said it enough times now, and I'm sorry to go on about it, but for podcasters, it's it's dreadful. And I would say to any podcaster, if you're doing interviews, um, try, I've forgotten what the other one was called, but WhatsApp audio or just a mobile to mobile call. If you've got a, a mixing desk as I have, the quality is far, far better. And it's so much easier to edit. And it just means that I can open up the um, the audio when it's time to edit it and I can just equalize all the audio and that's it. But with Zoom, the audio levels are so markedly different that it's just, it just takes forever. It takes forever. So I edited 44 minutes of the first episode for series two and then I had to redo the first 20 minutes and I'm probably going to have to check minutes 21 to 44. You know, clearly 
not focused. And it's a shame because it's a really big interview. But it's also, you know, it's just very difficult to grow the show. To to attract advertising when you've got a show on Acast, you need 10,000 downloads to do that per show. And I've done, I think, 14 or 15 shows. And altogether, I think I've only had 2,100 downloads. Goes to show its visibility is the key for, for the modern day podcaster. And I don't have that. I put out a small clip of uh, Paul Davis, who whose episode is going to open series two. And that alone, that one minute clip had over two and a half thousand views. And I'm thinking from a one minute clip of the hundreds of hours I've done on this show, that one minute clip got more views more more downloads, whatever, more views, more clicks than 14, 15 episodes have had. And that's uh, enormously frustrating. And I think those things just leave me a bit unenthusiastic, which is a shame because I've done over 30 interviews, lots of big names, more more big names on the way, but I'm just unable to focus. I'm dragging my feet. I'm not, you know, feeling happy. When am I feeling happy? But I need to get on with this because it's uh, it's a good idea, it's a good show, I've done the work, I just wish I had someone to actually edit the damn show and I probably need to get Adobe Audition and, and then learn that in the hope that it's uh, it makes things a lot easier to edit than, than using Audacity again. So the weather this morning certainly affected my mood. It was a difficult weekend, another weekend where, you know, I was reading a lot, so that was good. I was reading three different books and... Um, were they all wearing gloves? Yeah, all three books had to wear gloves. Uh, two library books, one second-hand book. So, you know, that mars it. It means I can't quite enjoy the reading as much as I'd like to, but kept myself occupied. The problem is when I try to rest my eyes and listen to something, that's when I doze off. And I had a cat nap on Saturday that left me, you know, physically, mentally drained as well. The usual grim cat nap dreams. But once I'd woken up as well, there were one or two really difficult moments, particularly on Saturday. I think one was connected to a, a catnap dream and it had carried over into my waking hours. And it was just a moment, two or three seconds, but long enough to alarm me. Even just two or three seconds, you think, well, that's a moment. And, you know, I'm experienced enough now to know how to deal with those, but it's just a reminder that you aren't where you want to be in your life. And, you, you know, in my case, I've got to be careful, can't come off the pills while I'm in this place because I wouldn't know how to deal with those moments. And, you know, Saturday was, found myself thinking that that was a dark moment. I'm glad it didn't last longer than it did. And I knew I had to snap out of it. I knew that the moment had happened. I knew that how. It had made me feel I knew that feeling was going to linger for the rest of the day. And even now, talking about it, I feel uneasy. The feeling made me uneasy, made me feel a bit vulnerable. But I also have enough about me to know that I'm largely doing the things I need to do to, you know, to to deal with this, to, to, to just counter it, you know. And uh, today I countered it with a brilliant writing session in the cafe, really enjoyable just under a couple of hours not taking the laptop with me just working from a printout for the first particular the first chunk of my um my book that I'm rewriting 
and um, I'm enjoying that. I just wish I could do that every day. I just wish that that was all I could focus on. I, I think it's important to have one project to focus on as a creator and rather than doing lots of different things, I don't think that's good for any uh, creator. And, uh, you know, that mood, if I could stopper it and just carry it with me, maybe look at it, maybe maybe you could, I don't know, if you if you... If you stop at this kind of feeling, it would have some, not bright vapor, you know, I don't like bright colors, I'm a low-key guy, but, you know, you, you could be looking at this bottle and seeing this positive vapor swirling around inside the bottle and it would make you feel good. It would it would be like carrying around a light box if you suffer from SAD syndrome. And I needed that because the weather this morning was absolutely horrendous you know rain on a monday really you know tuesday fine wednesday fine any other day of the week fine but on a monday when the week's starting i think that's why londoners tend to have a scowl on their face so i got through the weekend sunday was um a bit more restful i think again a cat nap exercised yesterday saturday's my rest day did some housework on saturday as well sloth saturday i've reined that in drag it out now Saturday and Sunday so I kind of eat half of what I was eating on Sloth Saturday now and I think the counselling helped with that because it was clear that there were times that's a hard swallow let's see if I can pick it out on the edit it was clear that I was overeating at times that comes of course with being a bit down but at the same time I get away with it because of all the exercise going to go out for a run after this and uh, hoping it lifts my mood again ahead of uh, tonight's interview. Running last week, Friday, Friday evening, I went out for a run. It was, I think, 6K. Nailed on 6K. I thought I might be on for a 10K, but I was drenched initially because what I like about the rain is it clears the park of all the Ruperts. And unfortunately, the fairground's still there. I think they're finishing up now. They finished yesterday, but they still haven't packed up. So again, when I go out today, I'm still not able to run my complete route. And uh, that's a, that makes things a bit harder. But I thought on Friday, I might be able to do 10K again. I'd done it last Monday. I thought I might be able to do a second one. And um, initially... I was running and that rain was coming down and there was some satisfaction, a perverse satisfaction, until I just got completely, completely drenched in a way that I haven't, even when I've run during uh, winter. You know, I've run two winters now. I've never got drenched in the way that I got just completely sodden on Friday late afternoon it was it wasn't horrible because I, I you know the adrenaline was flowing and I was out there being you know doing some strenuous activity so it wasn't uncomfortable in the way it would have been if I'd got drenched in my clothes as I think I had at some point last week can't remember when but that's uncomfortable but when you're running it's okay you're thinking well this I'm just exercising in really crap weather got in and you know took everything off and uh, made sure I washed it on the Saturday didn't really beat myself up for not doing the 10k I've done 10k last Monday wondering if I've got 10k in me this week and I think sometimes I'm affected by the fact that I run on grass a lot but the grass saps your energy especially when the grass is long but clearly sometimes I don't really like running on concrete I run on tarmac sometimes 
when I've got to make way for another runner or when the grass is likely to be really wet as it is today. My trainers were completely wet. So I've been drying them with balls of paper. I've been, you know, I need to buy some new trainers. And typically of my luck, I've looked everywhere. And the trainers that I just want to get, the running shoes I want to get, they've been upgraded to something else, which has made them very pricey. And the old ones have largely been discontinued. And the places that are selling them don't have my size. So I've just got to be patient there. There's a chance I might just have to get another color, a, a a brighter colour, which uh, kind of horrifies me, but at the end of the day, it's just running. As long as it's not, you know, red or something, I think I can just about go to stretch to an orange and black. Um, the football last week, I really enjoyed that. It felt, it was probably, well, it should have been the best game of the five or six weeks that I've been going, but it, uh, I could understand some of my friends' frustrations with the guys that we played with, younger guys, a lot of them arguing with each other. But what I liked about it is that they had seven-a-side goals, proper seven-a-side goals that they'd brought with them and put up. And these goals were, height-wise, they were about six foot. So you just it just felt better when you've got uh, proper goals in a game and... We There were five of us. We managed to get involved. They were reluctant initially to take on so many of us. My friend, the loudmouth, unvaccinated guy who can talk anyone into doing anything, he talked them into making the pitch bigger to accommodate us. And I think in the end, I mean, we exchanged, well, I had to exchange numbers with some kid. So I'm anticipating some message by tomorrow, letting me know if football's on this week. I hope it is. I'm, I haven't checked the weather yet. I can't. Uh, right now, I'm not in the mood to see that it might be raining heavily on Wednesday and we'll, you know, we won't have any football because I really do enjoy the football. It gets me out of the flat. It's uh, it's become the most important night of the week for me. It really does keep me going. The game went well. I went in goal. That was it, actually. Let me just come back to that exchange in numbers. I normally don't do that. I keep very quiet. I know that people right now in this age don't really care about exchanging their numbers. They just give out all their details. Normally, when we're playing with guys that we might not have met before, it's uh, you know one or two of my friends who will say, okay, look, here's my digits, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they test out the numbers to make sure that they've got the correct number for the other guy. And then they're in some WhatsApp group and you know, by Tuesday night, I'll be hearing who they've heard from, where there's likely to be a game, just to confirm that we're playing on Wednesday night. And uh, this week, last week, rather, my um, uh, unvaccinated friend decided, I think out of sheer malice, really, because we've been arguing during the game, that I should give my number out, which I didn't even know, actually. I had to give uh, the uh, the young kid who took my details, I had to give him two different numbers because I didn't know which one was correct it was uh, I was confused by the last three numbers and uh, he got the right number so I'm just wondering how it's going to work now and how ex- you know how extensive is that exchange going to be is it just going to be three or four messages or is it going to become something bigger but I enjoyed last week's game I went in goal simply uh, for most of the game because I thought oh this is going to be good proper goals and uh Beaten early on by a really powerful shot, but I went the right way, which was a, a bonus. But I thought, once I warm up, I think I'm going to be okay here. And sure enough, I made, uh, I think, f- probably five or six really good saves. And, uh, you know, my friends were watching me roll back 
couple of years, towards the end of the game, got beaten by a couple of goals, I think, uh, that I might have saved had I not been in goal during a, a very quiet period of the game and, uh, you know, I just lost any adrenaline that I had. And I was trying to stay warm by, you know, running about and uh, touching my toes and all that. You know, a bit like Peter Shilton in the late 70s, you know, part of that dominant Forest side. And I remember, I think it was the 79 League Cup final against Southampton. I remember seeing a shot of him as Forrest were down the other end. He was doing sit-ups and I thought, that's really strange. But that was his way of just, uh, you know, keeping warm, keeping focused. There was a guy, a really mouthy guy on um, the other team. He was wearing a Sam Crow t-shirt, arguing with his own teammates, arguing with the opposition. At one point, he looked like he was going to walk off. The ball came to him. He uh, lifted it up, flicked it up with one foot, volleyed it. It might have been left-footed, I think. There were a lot of left-sided players there on um, last Wednesday. Left-footed, crashed into the goal behind me. The goal was knocked off its fixings and uh, fell backwards. I thought of all the guys to score that goal, I wish it was someone else because he'd been so moany throughout the game, clashing with a few people. It was a hell of a goal. It reminded me of that uh, famous game around 2006 when Wayne Rooney was arguing with the ref about something. He's running backwards, then he's running forwards, I think, and that ball comes to him and he volleys it as he's arguing with the ref and he scores that dramatic goal. It was a bit like that. I then uh, I had a spell out on field as well, just because, you know, I'm not going to get fit or stay fit playing in goal. And I wanted to feel involved. There was a 16 year old right sided speed merchant. I got confused because he played like a left footer. He was all right sided. Normally with right sided players, they can, you know, uh, come in on their left. He was right sided, but playing on the left. And uh, I wasn't staying off him as much as I should have. And he skinned me, I don't know how many times, twisted me up in a way no kid has done since I returned to football. I knew what he was going to do each time, but I just couldn't stop him. He was outstanding. In fact, the two best players were that kid and my friend brought along his son, who's a left-sided player, beautiful, beautiful player, very, you know, very good on the ball. And uh, he's only 12 or 13. He was playing with men last week and they were bowled over by how good he was. He played really well. There was one challenge. Uh, an adult went in on him and uh, I don't think Ida got up at his age from that challenge. He was really, really good. I was confused by the post-match uh, handshake replacements. I was prepared for the fist bump. I'm comfortable with a fist bump now. I, I never thought I'd be one to say that. But uh, some of the younger guys favoured the post-match palm-to-palm brush, which I didn't really like, particularly with a few sweaty palms coming my way. It it seems to be like a slow-motion low five, and I think we maybe need to try and establish a, a universal greeting, whether it's the fist bump or, or the palm brush. I mean... I think the fist bump is safe. I think the elbow bump is probably the safest one of all. Fist bump, you can still, you know, if something's in your eye, you're going to rub your eye maybe with your knuckles. But uh, I'm going to be prepared tomorrow, uh, no, Wednesday night, for any post-match greetings. And uh, I was prepared really last week. I had the hand gel with me, but I was just kept, I kept holding off the hand gel and I thought I'd, I was done at one point with the uh, palm brushing and then I'd hand gelled and another guy was coming my way and I had to try and slow him down before giving him the palm brush because I thought he's going to interpret this 
very hand gel heavy hand for sweat and I didn't want that to be his impression of me. The 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 palm brush, it reminds me of um, this uh, work colleague I had in the mid-noughties when I was working evening shifts. And I don't know how we got into that routine. I've written about this before. We'd walk to Victoria Station and he'd do this thing. He was a, he was a martial arts champion, lovely guy, but so... I mean, he was he was thick, basically. He was very, very strange, very odd. And I think, you know, despite being a martial arts champion, he was a bit bullied in that place where we worked because I think people twigged onto the fact there wasn't much going on upstairs. But um, we we warmed towards each other and uh, he had a very hairy chest. I remember that. And he'd wear V-necks. He looked like Frank Lampard. Uh, with a hairy chest, which Frank Lampard originally had a hairy chest until he started waxing it just before he moved to Chelsea. And uh, it remains a waxed chest from what I know. This guy, he would start walking ahead of me. He would go north. I'd go south at Victoria Station. And I don't know how we got into this. It became an established thing. He'd be walking ahead of me and he'd start holding his palm out, his right hand behind him, really low. And the idea was that I would brush his palm with my hand and it became a thing that summer until they sacked him because he wasn't very good at his job. I was almost relieved when they got rid of him. I liked him, but I was relieved when they got rid of him, actually, because I just couldn't I couldn't do that because there were times when I was almost running after him like a little girl just to touch his palm, just to have that palm-to-palm send-off. I don't know how that became an established thing. In other news... My iPad last week, for some reason, playing Westlife. I don't understand why, because I don't have any music downloaded on the iPad and I was just trying to work out what's going on and it's still doing it. One of their early songs, from what I can make out. I I don't know what's going on. I've never bought a Westlife song in my life. In fact, I've never bought... No, I've bought one song, I think, or two songs, two Tears for Fears songs via Apple just years ago, just to test out how it worked. And it was, uh, you might remember, I think it was around 2016 or 2017 when I told you how complicated it had been, how I personally, how I'd found it complicated. Just looking at my uh, desktop here, bottom right says 19 centigrade rain coming. It's it's like a soothsayer, this uh, desktop. I don't know how I've got those alerts because it's not something that I've turned on. Um, yeah, I bought these uh, two songs on a voucher, Apple voucher. It was so complicated that it just would have been easier for me to have gone to a record shop if they're still around and buy the songs. So I've not done it since, but I've certainly, I can promise you, I've never bought a Westlife song. And uh, let me uh, wrap up this first half of the show, which is going on for longer than I than I anticipated. I was trying to get away this week with a 30-minute show. I was walking through Brixton Market as I do most days. This was last week, Tuesday, the 3rd of August, 10.32 hours. I happened upon a sign in a shop window. I'm not sure that uh, I'll ever forget this sign. Offer of the week, toilet paper, 12 rolls for £1.50. Now, I like a bargain. I think uh, I think you'll find most writers do. But seriously, I have a feeling that wouldn't fall into good bargain territory. I'm not sure it's a bargain. How bad does life have to be that you'd be tempted by that kind of deal? (music) 
You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 342. Do follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all the work at danielruiztyson.com, paypal and coffee.com. Links on there if you want to make a one-off donation. That'll get you uh, the latest Patreon bonus shows. If you've enjoyed the show, if you've yet to do so, do please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The voice break in there slightly. As I say every week, the most important way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available to support this long running indie podcast and to get access to all the exclusive bonus content on there. Just think of me, think of... Think of a creator as being no different to a plumber. You're just paying for services. A creator needs to pay bills the same as a plumber. It's no different. Thames Water, I've covered that. That's on my notes here. I think I'm obsessed with Thames Water at the minute. Uh, I'll just leave that there. I'm hoping that as I'm recording this show, I don't hear that manhole cover again. I, I, I just don't understand. I don't see how... With so much heavy traffic on this road, I just don't see how that manhole cover is going to be able to stay in place. And, you know, when I walk up this road or walk down it, whatever, whichever direction I'm walking in, and I don't ever think, why did it have to be, why did they have to put that manhole cover right outside my building? I don't think like that because I just wouldn't want anyone else to have this experience that's rattled myself and other residents and, and 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 you know people in this in this building it's been really bad luck on our part but i wouldn't want anyone else to experience anything like this so i'm not walking past some build, uh, building and thinking oh why didn't they put it here why did it have to be right outside our building it's just bad luck it's happened here and you know if i was happier in my life might I deal with that noise better? It's possible. Of course it's possible, but it would still irritate me. It still mars it would still mar my experience of living here. Let's move on. Quite a few visits to my aunt and uncle last week. I had to clear some of my old paperwork from there in an old box that had been there for over 20 years. And, you know, one of the reasons it's been there for so long is that I didn't really like looking in there and uh, I had to deal with that last week. There was a bag in there that was just full of documents of mine from the mid to late 90s four court summons uh, in about five years I think all council tax or poll tax related whatever it was back then and I'm just thinking even when I was younger I was still getting caught up in this stuff might have just been easier to pay rather than get into all these uh, wrangles I didn't realize I'd had so many summons I remember two one of them I'd actually had to go to court in uh, Camberwell but I, I didn't realize I'd had so Many, so I think even from that period as a as a as a young man, I was maybe dealing with things, getting involved in battles that I really should have steered uh, steered clear of, and also found some old bank statements from late nineteen nine. And I started looking at this just out of curiosity. I, I think I knew why I'd kept that bank statement because it was one of the last ones before I lost my mum, and uh, I guess I was just hanging on to any links from that particular period. I wanted to see, well, this is 
this is how I felt on Wednesday or Thursday when I was looking at this bank statement. I wanted to see how much I was doing at this particular period in terms of getting us out of Mayflower. You know, how much money was I bringing in? Was I helping my mom as much as I should have? On that question, I would say probably not. But what I was doing was saving as much money my end to get us both out of there. But really, I think um, I probably should have been paying a bit more money to be living there than I was. I was just disregarding the short term, just thinking long term. Although I was trying to make the long term short term, if that makes sense. I was trying to get us out of there. I was really just desperate to get us out of there. And I saw some agency forms. I'd got a job that winter that was bringing money in. And it was just, yeah, we don't have enough time. You know, my mum had come back from Spain that summer. It's the first time I'd gone so long without seeing her. I hadn't seen her for three weeks. When she came back that summer, it coincided with the day I moved back to Mayflower after six months living away and uh, I remember, you know, I remember being shocked by her appearance that night and uh, realizing that she looked older than her years now. And that really changed me in terms of my work ethic. That's where it came from, I think, that moment. And I just worked like a dog for the next six, seven months and unfortunately ran out of time really, uh, to get her out of there. But that was my curiosity in keeping that bank statement, I'm pretty sure, because all the other bank statements had gone and it was just that one leading up to that uh, horrible day in February uh, 2000 that that I'd kept. I've written in my notes here, I've written Thames Water again. This is just uh, ridiculous, just obsessed with them. Wednesday, 4th of August, I arrived at my aunt's At 14:45 hours, they'd. I was trying to make sure that I avoided interrupting their dinner because they eat really early, and I thought by going there at that time they'd have been, you know, done. And uh, my aunt had run into one of her friends apparently after shopping, so they were having a later lunch, fish and chips. They'd been arguing over how the haddock fillets that they'd got at Little's were meant to be done. My aunt had actually saved the packaging. This is how heated the argument had got between them. She'd saved the packaging expressly for my arrival, and as soon as I came in, she got up, stopped her meal, took me over towards the light of the balcony because I didn't have my glasses with me, and wanted me to read the packaging. She says, how long does it say these were meant to be in the oven for? I read the packaging and uh, told her, I can't remember what it was, it might have been 18 to 20 minutes, gas mark six, something like that. You see? She turned to my uncle with uh, real venom. I told your uncle, but because he's got these big (laughs) he was saying that wasn't the case. It always has to be what he says. I thought, began my uncle. The rest of what he said didn't really uh, stack up. I don't think he was convinced by it himself. My aunt handed me the haddock packaging to Ben. I thought I'd wait till you got here to prove to him he was wrong. Just before I give you this week's Nectar Points, just an email that's come in from one of the neighbours sent to the uh, building management people. There is a a leak in the communal hallway on this floor, so that's... uh, That's another stress to deal with. I've just seen the pictures that they've attached. I hadn't noticed anything. I hope it's not actually happening internally. I really don't want to be dealing with uh, another leak internally in the flat. 
That's all I need. Let me give you this week's uh, nectar points. Uh, bear in mind, I know that I've accrued three points on a football book that I've had to buy an old football book for when shorts were short for an interview that I'm going to be arranging in a couple of weeks. Uh, time. Been trying to get... Actually, I have bought some fine liner pens for editing a zero point or zero zero point four millimeters and uh, the old ones that I have have now been discontinued by Banner but they're brilliant pens red pens for editing I, I love using them it really does make the um, it does actually genuinely make the experience of editing my writing uh, much more enjoyable it's a great editing pen I was tempted today in Sainsbury's I've got uh, my receipt here I'll give it to you and uh, give you my points in a minute I was feeling so low that I was tempted to buy an A5 uh, notebook for £1.50 today and uh, I've got plenty of these lying around I told myself I don't uh, I don't need to buy another notebook I'm just not focused now now I'm thinking about the leak Okay, I've got another note here. I mean, this this particular note isn't even meant to be in uh, this week's show. I don't I don't know why it's here. It's actually an errand. What is going on? Okay, so today I went into the Nine Elms Monster. Previous points balance was two hundred and ten. Earned five points. I'm not sure if this is factored in the uh, points accrued on eBay. So um, earned five. Points on a £5.89 expenditure, new points balance of 215 points worth £1.07. It's not as exciting as it used to be, is it? Collecting nectar points, even when I, um, I think it was £3.50 or whatever I'd saved a, a couple of weeks ago, that was really disappointing. Uh, you know, I think pre 2017, that would have been about £7. And you think that's more like it let me give you this week's star wars football results uh, league week five hoth still their stuttering league campaign um they're just not getting the goals at the moment hoth at home to death star goalless death star moved into third place they've got seven points but uh, they're also struggling for goals defensively they're the best side in the league but they're just really struggling for goals hoth they're um their their hopes of mounting another title challenge this year very much hanging in the balance. Meantime, in a game between second versus third, Aldron in second, they were at home to Empire. Empire won 1-0, a brilliant win. Brilliant goal by Atat, the uh, dynamic uh, Glenn Hoddle-like midfielder in the Empire team. Long-range strike, uh, brilliant play. The, the player, in fact, who in October 1982 scored the first ever goal in Star Wars football when, as the young captain of Death Star in the first ever league game in Star Wars football, his Death Star team won at Besbin in the Cloud City derby. They won 1-0. And uh, he moved to Empire in the spring of 84. So Empire won that game 1-0, a vital three points. The um, league standings for week five, I'll give you... They've all played five games, and I'll give you the positions, the points, and the goal difference. Besbin are at the top. They're on nine points from five games. Goal difference plus three. Empire in second, nine points. Goal difference plus two. Death Star now in third, seven points plus one. Alderaan dropped to fourth. Six points plus one goal difference. X-Wing, they've drawn all five games. Uh, they're on five points, zero goal difference. Hoth, minus two goal difference. They're in sixth place on four points. Tatooine, the reigning champions, down in seventh on three points, minus two. Rebels still at the bottom, despite that pickup in form, still looking like Tatooine. In fact, the bottom four have yet to win a game at all. Rebels are bottom, three points also from five games, minus three 
goal difference. At Champions League Week 3, Group 4, this was on the Friday, 6th of August. X-Wing 1, Mandalaire 2 in Group 4. Very unlucky for X-Wing. Neither side played brilliant. Mandalaire had taken the lead. X-Wing equalised through IG-8-8. And there was a late goal. I think it was an own goal. Was it? Yeah, it was an own goal. It was an own goal from Claytu. Uh, on just uh, two minutes from time. X-Wing, unfortunate. They hadn't played well, but neither had their opponents. So Mandalay now top that group uh, on six points to X-Wing's three. I haven't got the complete Champions League group standings because uh, Endor and Susubo... Susubo? I haven't worked out. Susubo or Sissoko? I think it's Susubo. They play in um, uh, group two, hopefully tonight. And uh, still in Champions League Week 3, Group 1. I thought I heard that bloody manhole cover there. Uh, Cantonica nil, Tatooine 3. Tatooine made short work of Cantonica again. They'd beaten Cantonica 4-0 in that quarterfinal second leg last season after Cantonica had uh, earned a credible draw at Tatooine. And they... Uh, pretty much ran through Cantonica again, scoring their three goals in the first 10 minutes. Medical droid there, a close season signing, grabbing a brace to the uh, second from the penalty spot. And uh, last night in Group 3, Empire salvaged a draw at Zeffo. 2-2, two, two, two goals from uh, Brixton. Ben keeping Empire in it. They retained their unbeaten start to this season. Empire topped that group on four points. Zeffo in second place on two. They have failed to win both their games um, in which they were leading in both. Uh, by the way, Tatooine just confirming in group one, Tatooine are top on six points. Cantonica second on three points. And that completes this week's uh, Star Wars football results. This uh, show really shouldn't be that long. Uh, let's end with the... Uh, observations from the cafe this last week i've been trying to find an alternative to the cafe on tuesdays uh, i said to you last week i was gonna be heading to the nine elms monster see if i could work from that cafeteria i might have mentioned this already on this show and uh it was closed last week and then on the wednesday it was open so i couldn't work out what was going on there i just thought initially it was closed because you know you know in this pandemic era they thought it was easier to close it and uh, got one in mind, an alternative cafe in mind for tomorrow, also on South Lambeth Road. It um, it used to be a delicatessen about 10, 11 years ago. Used to buy lemons from there. That's what I remember. And I uh, might just have to go in there. I've got to find something to do on uh, Tuesdays. I'm sitting indoors mostly now in the cafe, partly because of the weather not being great, but also the passive smoking, which I just find unacceptable. I'm building up an encyclopedic knowledge of the smokers and non-smokers. And uh, as soon as people were sitting down near me outside in the uh, cafe, I had a glance up to see if they were getting lighters and cigarettes out. The John Player's smokers are the worst really strong cigarettes, horrible cigarettes, and they they seem to attract the chain smokers. I don't see Benson and Hedges as much now, but when I see John players, I know the chances are I'm going to be wheezing the following day and, you know, my clothes are going to be smelling of smoke. I'm coming back and maybe just worn a top for one day. I'm chucking it in the washing machine right away. I don't want to be smelling that uh, cigarette smoke. In terms of uh, indoors and the cafe, not Mick Fleetwood continues to dominate the small table by the heater. I think that's become his table, his toilet table. I meantime, not today, actually. Uh, today I took a twin 
table. But uh, normally I've been taking the um, vulnerable for many reasons, not just COVID uh, transmission. I've been taking the single central table in the cafe. You have to keep your neckline tidy, I think, if you're sitting there because you're going to have people that can see the back of you. It's not like the toilet table, you know, where, where I never had anyone behind me. And I actually saw not Mick Fleetwood in Littles one day last week in Stockwell, and I made sure I avoided his aisles. I've noticed in the cafe he's a very generous tipper, gives a couple of quid each uh, each day. Now, if he just halved that, he'd probably be able to shop in Sainsbury's and bring in a better quality uh, food into his uh, into his place some more spectacular tricolors this last week and even today but i've noticed if it's the new guy making them the coffee is very weak it really is and uh, i had another one of those today i'll come to that in a moment wednesday the 5th of august pre-football flying ants from 1630 hours just descended on the cafe i was flicking them off the table one landed in my drink i had them in you know on my hair it was absolutely horrible and uh, at football, I forgot to say, this is about an hour and a half after the cafe and the flying ants. It wasn't as bad in central London as it had been in south London, but I was walking up to the pitch on Regent's Park with my unvaccinated friend as he was putting the world to right again with another of his conspiracy theories. I think this one was on climate change, and uh, I just had to listen. I wasn't interrupting his flow of drivel. Otherwise, I'd never hear the end of it. And as he was uh, yapping on, he picked a flying ant off my throat. No, no, didn't tell me what he was going to do, nothing. He just picked it, thumb and finger, threw it away and continued seamlessly with his uh, with his conspiracy theory. Now, in a non-COVID world, I would have had that down as an endearing touch. I didn't mind it, you know. But uh, the thing is, he just didn't even tell me what he'd picked off. That's what I found really impressive. He just did it instinctively. Friday morning, 6th of August, 11.02 hours, northbound on South Lambeth Road. I finally saw future me and uh, it was was lovely to see him. I found myself fist bumped by an 80-something. He led on it. One of the few people, I have to say, who physically looked better this side of the pandemic than pre-pandemic. He looked really well sprouting some um, hair from the throat which looked like a mullet a throat mullet that aside he looked brilliant great color to him quite chirpy given up his arsenal season ticket now after 70 years of going to football first at home park to see his local team plymouth and then from uh, from the moment he moved to london i think in the early 60s when he started following arsenal and he's finally given it up which he said he was going to anyway before the pandemic and it was nice to see him. Said he doesn't go to the cafe that much now. I think he's uh, understandably wary, but uh, it was nice to see him. I'm glad that he's okay. I led on the uh, farewell fist bump. I think that's... No, I've, I've led on a few in football with my friends just because otherwise they're going to try and grab my hand like one of them did the first week. So I've been leading deliberately on the fist bump at football just to prevent them from going uh, old school on me with a handshake in the cafe meantime friday lunchtime two female regulars one hunched older than the other by perhaps a decade she was speaking portuguese the younger one was speaking english and the younger one uh, you know they're regulars they've been going in there for years but the younger one looked jaded most of us do now as we slowly come out of these lockdowns i think uh, i don't know about you but i think that we can really see the impact now that the pandemic has had on people physically 
it's just um you can see it you can see the damage it's done it's i think it will take us years to to grasp just how bad this has been you know we're the ones that have survived it so far at one point uh last week it might have been i think it was friday i tried to order a second latte in the cafe inside from phil collins just from a few tables away i opened my mouth she just walked right past nothing came out of my mouth no sound at all one of those moments where i had to look around and see if anyone had noticed that not sure what the plan was if someone had noticed that what i might have done i was uh writing away where was i i think was I at the central table on Friday? I think I might have been. And to my left was a man wearing a lot of khaki, colonial type, eating a huge bowl of white bait down on it with a glass of white wine. I was thinking, what kind of career do you have to have to be able to live like that? Hey, how far away am I from that? Will I ever get to that? Without the white wine, but I wouldn't mind the white bait. Today, uh, this morning, some small talk with Argentina 78, the man who wears indecently uh, high shorts, you know, on a hot day, much as my uh, dad would. We were talking about his swimming, or rather he was, and I checked out the swim, uh, the swimming pool even that he was telling me about in Vauxhall. It's just so odd. I, I mentioned this last week. There's no deep end there. Why would you build a pool and not have a deep end he said it is strange but at least it's cheaper because there's no deep end but i don't know i don't know here comes another siren let me just talk through this there you go on you go just two sirens this week as i come towards the end of the show that's not too bad i don't think i could go swimming there anyway even if it had a deep end because that probably would have swayed me i wouldn't go swimming there because i think uh, i probably have to go at the times that argentina 78 goes when it's quieter and we'd be seeing one another topless and it would take our long-standing cafe relationship to another level i'm not sure that i could deal with that today my second latte order i I felt my tall glass pointing gesture was a little off, I think, today, if, if, I, if I'm honest with you. I think it's partly down to not being able to see properly with reading glasses other than for writing and reading. And I had the glasses on as I saw Seb K, but I couldn't see him properly. And I pointed, I just felt a tad too aggressively to my glass, but just because he was slightly blurred, brushed the mic there, um, he was, yeah. I just can't see properly with these uh, with these glasses. I can if I've got the PC glasses on. Seb K had made the first latte today. No tricolor. He's basically the latte making equivalent of me running in my dated what not even sportswear really. You know, he just gets on with it. No frills, but delivers a glorious coffee. That's with my running. I'm not saying I've got glorious runs in me, but. I just get on with it. I do it. And I'm not wearing the latest stuff. I'm not wearing any spandex. I'm not wearing any any fancy socks, nothing. I, I wear the trainers because I was damaging my feet. So I had to get proper running shoes. That's it. Don't need anything else. Bit of Vaseline on the nipples if, you, if your top's chafing you, as it sometimes does. Mr. Tricolor, meantime, specializing behind the bar. I, I think they've let him work behind the bar all the time. They, they seem to fate him as some kind of genius, but I'm not enamored with his coffee. He served a tricolor for my second one. He'd started his shift. And again, the tricolor was just too weak. I would just rather have a, no tricolor and a, a good coffee. That's what I need. I think at some point I might have to take it up with someone. Otherwise, I'm just uh, wasting money. It's the equivalent of 
playing park football, I always felt that the player that turned up in all the latest clobber, i.e. Mr. Tricolor, would be the player, the worst player on the pitch. They buy all the latest clobber before they've even played a game. They want everything. They want to be able to wear everything that you're supposed to wear if you're playing football, everything that the professionals wear, rather than just turning up in the basics and actually just playing the game and trying to get better at playing the game and enjoying yourself. They have to turn up with the water bottles, the shin pads, uh, whatever the latest fancy shoes, some proper kit with, a, you know, maybe even a number on the back. Just get out there and play. That's what it's about. There are also... Um, Two separate tables in there. Old lady with the uh, Donald Duck voice, a regular over the years, Portuguese, and uh, a family. It's three, no, it's, yeah, it's three brothers. One of them was the guy who used to work in the uh, cafe when I first started going there. He was a waiter there, and he always used to touch my little highlighted hair when I was having an early, uh, well, that wasn't a midlife crisis. It was a pre-midlife crisis in the early noughties. They were chatting to her across the table, all shouting at one another because, you know, the Mediterraneans, that's how they talk. That, that's the level they talk at. And one of them moments where I found myself thinking, why don't you just sit together? It would be so much easier and it would be easier for the rest of us to just concentrate or talk to each other if we're trying to talk to each other. And that is it. That is the end of today's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun, keep washing those hands, keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson and this start of the week I have been available. 